to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. That is the theme song, Detroit Love, off my first album, The JLE Experience. I own the music in the copyright. Facebook don't mute nothing. I was <laughs> gonna say that. <laughs> we got another amazing guest for you. We have the edutainer. Which I said right. Yeah. Conciliary. I said it right. Conciliary. Conciliary. Executive career coach, media producer, and founder of Metford Associates, Jason Metford. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I appreciate you sharing your story. I like that you're a musician too. I didn't realize at the beginning too that was your song. So great. Oh, Thank yeah. That, man. Woohoo. Boy, you got to yeah. check out the first album, second album. Well, I know. I'm going to go download them now. Now I know that you got them out there. Will change your life. Yep. Positive music with banging beats. Work out to it, chill, whatever you do. <laughs> I do it all, man. Have <laughs> you get down, you're going to hear a beat like, ah, okay, I can be, do a little something to it. I like that. I like that. You know? Okay. First question What led you to this path? Oh, man. Lots, lots of different decisions uh, over my whole life, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think we never, and I still don't know where I'm going completely, right? But I, but I think, you know, every little, every little decision that I have made and the older I get, uh, hopefully I'm getting wiser, right? But the, the more, the older I get, the more I look back and I'm like, oh, I guess that's why I did that, right? Because, you know, when, when you're in the middle of it, you, yeah. you, you don't know, you don't know, right? And, and so, you know, let's take, for example, like the edutainer side, right? And again, that's a, I got a couple of words out there that people are like, huh, what's that? Right. Well, <laughs> I like to be a little different, man. And you know that. Already, yeah. Right? I'll get you a little different too, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, edu edutain edutainment is educating and entertaining people at the same time. Right. So actually Walt Disney um, used that term back in the fifties as well right but but okay. i've 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 taught people for a long time i mean the whole time growing up even, even when i was a little kid in church i was i was teaching you know and and so that's always been a part of kind of who i am is teaching people mm -hmm. but there's also kind of been a been a an entertainer part of me as well you know when i was a little kid and we used to you know like put on the the old lps you know, you remember that. Oh yeah, right? I remember that. Put on, put on the old LPs on my parents' old, old stereo. You know that they bought in the fifties, and my little brother and I, we would, we would, you know, like play out like we're singing and all that kind of stuff. You know, we were lip syncing like Millie Vanilli, but you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> but uh, so, so there was always that part. And then what was funny, right, is, is, you know, fast forward probably I don't know, almost forty years. 30, 30, 30, 30 plus years at least from me being that little kid singing. And I remember I was, I was over in the Middle East doing some training. So okay. I used to go over there quite a bit doing, doing, doing live trainings. You know, I'd, I'd get kind of dropped in and I'd be there for weeks at a time teaching live trainings for five days at a time. <clears throat> and one of the, one of the people in one of the trainings was like, you know, you're great at what you do, but if you, if you weren't doing this, what would your dream job be? And I'm like, rock and roll star, baby. You know, it's like, get me up on the stage. Let me go. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, 
well, hold it. Why can't I kind of combine the two, right? Why does, because especially in a lot of the areas where, I, where I've taught, it's been kind of boring stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why can't I make it more fun? Because the more fun we have while we're learning, the more we actually learn. Right. So I've always tried to incorporate music into what I'm doing, um, funny skits, you know, things like that as well. And even even in the way that I try to do my podcast or even like here, I'm much more animated okay. than you would think. Right. Because if you knew me really well, you'd know I'm a severe introvert. <laughs> and when people find that out, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. But I get up on stage, baby, like this, and it's like, let's go, let's play. I'm right? with you, brother. <laughs> yep. So, so that's kind of how that kind of you know came about and kind of has morphed over the years. That when I'm teaching or training people, I want to entertain them as well, right? Because because the reality is, most people, you know, we're not we're not competing like like people watching right now, mm-hmm. right? We're kind of competing for their entertainment time. Right. I mean, it's eight o'clock your time. It's five o'clock my time. It's after hours. So people that are watching this now live, right, they're choosing to listen to us instead of watching a football game or something else on TV. Right. And so it's got to be something that people want to show up to. And plus, the more that you actually entertain people. Right. And then you kind of fit in some of the other stuff that you're teaching. You're teaching people and they don't even realize it. Actually, one of the guys, I can't remember his name right now, but one of the one of the um, first guys that kind of started like the Broadway plays, that was his his idea is, you know, we're we're going to entertain people and make them laugh and feed them what they need to hear while they're laughing. So they don't even realize it. And a lot of the great musicians, same way. Right. I was just reading up because John Lennon loved John Lennon. Okay, And, uh, you know, he did a lot of protest songs and other things like that. You know, some different political uh, themes and other stuff in a lot of his mm-hmm. music. And when he finally wrote uh, uh, Imagine, and also on that same album came out uh, Happy Christmas, War is Over. And both of those two songs, kind of protest songs, trying to sell a message to people. But he said, he said, when I did those two songs, I finally realized you got to give people a little bit of honey mm-hmm. when you're when you're trying to teach them. And so those have been, I mean, huge, huge things, right? I'm doing some research to get ready to do my podcast on that next week okay. uh, about awesome. that particular song. So, so interesting. So I'm trying to do the same thing. And then the conciliary, right. It's like, you know, I, <laughs> I talked to a lot of people and they're like, what is that? Right. Which, which is, you know, I mean, I, I love mob movies. I mean, the mafia uh, yeah. just fascinates me. Right. I mean, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen so many gangster movies and everything else, but, but I think that that role in, in the mafia families and i'm not a mafioso you know nothing like that but it's it's a a confidential advisor to the boss right and so that's what i do a lot when i'm coaching people uh whether they're business owners or or executives is look you're the boss you're going to do what you want to do but if you want some objective advice right because because most of the people you know, if you ask somebody that works for you, they're going to tell you what you think you need to hear, what you want to hear, true. right? Because they don't want to get in trouble. You go and ask your your significant other, your partner, same thing, right? Most of the time, they're going to tell you what they think you, they, that you want to hear because they, they don't want to ruffle feathers, 
And so you need somebody who's objective and is going to say, hey, you know, Jeffrey, I'm sorry, dude, but you know what? That <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, but you might want to consider this, right? And most people don't have that, that kind of a person to turn to. I didn't have that when I was a corporate executive, right? I couldn't, I couldn't talk to my spouse about some of the stuff. She had no idea what I was going through. I couldn't talk to the peers in my organization because they'd be like, dude, right? And so we all need somebody like that in our life. And so I kind of help fill that role. And then media producer, I mean, everything else, because I I love producing media, doing videos, things like that. So that's kind of crazy because I do that for people, but I always got to give a disclaimer. Do you really want my honest opinion? (laughs) Yep. Are you sure? Are you sure you want it? Right. Okay. From A to Z, this where it ain't hitting, but you need maybe do this, this, and this. Maybe try this and this. To me, I'm like, why would you want me to tell you the truth? Like, well, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people don't want the truth, right? And so that's the same thing. Is it's like when people ask me for advice, I have to kind of size them up and ask a few questions and realize are they the kind of person that actually wants to hear the truth, or do they just want somebody to confirm their biases? And if it's somebody that just wants to confirm their biases and they think they already got it under control, it's like. Well, looks like you got it under control. Good, good luck with that, right? Uh, because most people don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. And on a Friday night, this is a pretty awesome show. Pretty sure yours awesome as well to check out. You're gonna learn something. We might say something crazy or silly because I was a little nervous when I was looking up what that meant. Like, oh, just do the mob, dude. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 monster, no, no Italian descent. <laughs> like, oh, no. What are we doing? So now, I, I do. I, I did joke with people because I think I. Well, I think I told you on here, right? I used to do a lot of a lot of teaching in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and so my my background is. Uh, well, <clears throat> I'll tell you. I'll tell you kind of the joke that goes along with it because people would see my pictures posted all over the world. A lot of times in the Middle East, Europe, Africa, Southeast Asia, all over the place, right? So it's like, where in the world is Jason this week, right? And so a lot of people would be like, so Jason, what do you really do, right? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm part of the NSA and I teach CIA (laughs) training all over the world. And people's eyes would go big, right? And it's like, and I can't tell you much more. I can't tell you much more than that. And then after they kind of come down, I'd be like, okay, NSA, National Speakers Association, right? Oh, Not yeah, yeah. Security Agency, and CIA Certified Internal Auditor, right? And um, Yeah, them, yeah, them acronyms have first say, wait a minute. Is yeah. my stuff yeah. get? Are you going to get me? <laughs> well, well, and I, I, actually, <laughs> well, I actually used that one time because when, when I was in corporate, uh, one of the areas that I was usually responsible for when I was in corporate was auditing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we do investigations for fraud and theft and other things like that. And I remember that one of the, um, one of the location managers was trying to size me up, you know, cause he was probably 30 to 40 years older than me at the time. I mean, he okay. was right ready to retire and he's kind of thinking like, well, what's this punk kid, you know, coming in and going to thinking that he's going to help me with. Right. And so, <laughs> so he's like, well, so I'm sure you must have some law enforcement or FBI background, don't you? And I'm like, 
Well, actually, I don't, but I have a CIA background. And he just went, okay, let's do this. <laughs> I didn't tell him what it meant. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. tell you the acronyms, that means something. Yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, wait a minute. What'd you say you you is? Oh, snap. <laughs> they watch me right now. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. That's pretty So what is meth for associate? So it's, it's, you know, we're an advisory firm. I mean, we started off doing a lot more training. We do have a training component of it, right, where I still do training for people. Um, but a lot of it is is kind of me and has transitioned now more into kind of a personal branding, personal development um, side of it, you know, along with all the different media that we're doing. But it's it's those things where I'm I'm educating. I do webinars for a lot of people. I do my own trainings, um, and I do coaching, you know, as well, or what I what I call co- career coaching and advisory kind of work for executives and business owners, right? Because uh, okay. I've been in in both of those spaces, been a corporate executive at a, you know a couple of different places. I've owned my own businesses now for thirteen years, something like that. So I've kind of got both sides of that covered a little bit. And like I said, just try to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like most coaches or advisors. That's why I like that conciliary kind of title is, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, you'll go to and they're like, okay, well, here's, you know, week one, week two, week three, week four. Right. And they kind of give you like mm-hmm. this pre-packaged thing, like you're going through some training course. I don't, I don't believe in that. Right. I believe in customized I believe in customized training. I believe in customized coaching because everybody's different, right? But I got this big ass toolbox over here and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we can sit down. We have the first couple of, of calls. I can I can understand who you are, what it is that you're trying to work through. And then I can pull out some of these tools that you need to start implementing, right? Okay. And questions that you need to, to answer to yourself to start being able to do it. So that's why pretty much everything I do is customized, which means it costs more, right? I mean, just like if you go get a custom suit made, um, yeah, it costs a little bit more, but the feel is totally different, right? And that's and true. some of us, I've always been lucky to be able to, you know, buy a, buy a sports jacket off the rack and it fits me pretty good, but it, that doesn't work for most people. And uh, so that's why I, typically, you know, tend to work with people that are, you know, more successful further on in their career, they, they realize and they understand, right? Because some of these executives that I'm working with, you make a bad decision, it can literally cost you like half a million dollars in your salary. Right? Because you can get fired, you can be out of your job for 18 months to two years, because sometimes it takes that long to transition and get a new position. And so it, it has some serious consequences to people if, if they're not, you know, doing what they need to be doing. So, and then it's a fraction of what you're losing, if, you know, at that point. Yeah. I remember my accounting class, them fake companies you're doing the financials for, I lost like $20,000 and was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Almost through my laptop. Yeah, and I realized I multiply around. I'm like, if this is a real job, I was excited. They were like, oh, yeah, you know that money? Yeah, you stole it. You an old girl about to go to Cayman. That's what it is. I'm like, nah, I ain't still like, nah, you stole it. Nah, you stole it. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, really realize like this stuff is for real, for real. Because yeah, you can't even make any mistakes. It'd be a problem. Well, and and some of these people, I mean, some of the executives, right? I mean, you're making tens to hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billion dollar decisions, depending on the company that you're working for, right? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these people do have a lot of responsibility, and when they screw up. I mean, it can mean millions of dollars for the company and it can mean their job. So now what made you leave that field and start your own company? Well, what was what was interesting is I, um, you know, I, I moved up in my career <clears throat> very quickly. I mean, I kind of very strategically decided where I wanted to go. And my end goal was to be the CEO of okay. the company. Right. So. I worked up, I got my accounting degree, worked in public accounting, uh, you know, moved into uh, corporate corporate roles at that point and kind of audit, risk management, compliance, ethics, you know, information security, did a bunch of work in those areas. <clears throat> Went back and got my MBA because the intention was, you know, when I took my last role in corporate, the intention was that I was taking this job because I was going to become the CEO of the company. And so we knew it wouldn't be, you know, right as soon as the, the CEO that was there when I, when I joined, but you know, I wouldn't be his successor, but probably the one after that. Right. Or at least be in the running to become the CEO at the, at that point. And um, things were going great. Everything was fine. And then we got our new CEO and i just was not aligned with him right it was it was very very apparent very quick that it was a guy who talked a good talk but didn't have the same values i did Mm. uh decided to take the company in a completely different direction and told all of us who had been there and made the company successful for 40 years that we were pretty much full of shit. he knew what he was doing right so you know at that point you, you know the writing's on the wall right it's like I got yeah, a big old target on my back and one right on my forehead so yeah. you know eventually you know and and you know over time over the first year or two all of us ended up getting let go or given other opportunities wow. right but, but at that point you hang on you hang on because you know that you're getting a payout so i hung on and got the payout and decided, you know, again, at that point, well, what is it that I really want to do? Do I want to go back and get another job kind of doing the same thing I was doing? Or do I want to go out on my own? Because because what's interesting, you know, like we were talking about every every decision, right, that we make in our life kind of leads us to where we want to be. But one thing I've I've found, too, is that if we look back at what we wanted to do or what was important to us or things like that, mm-hmm. especially in some of these formidable years, like between about 11 and 15, 11 and 16, 12, 16, that, that range. Okay. If you think about what you wanted to be at that point, that's often what your heart really wants you to do. Right. But then we become adults, we become responsible. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. if I go back to what I wanted to do at that point, and again, nerd to the to the nth degree in in a oh, lot of ways. I'm over here, bro. Okay, so you you feel me? You feel me, right? Nerd life is all good. <laughs> so here I was, a 12 and 13 year old kid, 
nerdy kid, straight A student. I started using a Franklin Day Planner when I was 12 years old. Okay. Right. You remember those old things, right? Mm-hmm. So again, 12 year old kid shouldn't be using a day planner. I did. Uh, I subscribed to Forbes magazine. I use that. Yeah, and I was reading Forbes magazine cover to cover pretty much throughout my whole my whole teenage years because what I always wanted to do was was be an owner okay. of a company, be an entrepreneur, right? That was I knew the word entrepreneur when I was 12 years old. Most people in this country in this country never knew what an entrepreneur was until 2008, 2009, when everybody lost their job and they had to start their own businesses. Right. That word hardly existed in America until that. Point, right. Right. But I knew I knew it when I was 12 years old. Right. So I've always deep down wanted to be an entrepreneur. In fact, <clears throat> when I went to college. My first major. Well, <clears throat> what's interesting is. The class I loved the most probably in college was psychology. That was a great class. That's an intro. I love psychology. So I've been studying psychology for 30 for 30 years, right? On the side, which I incorporate into everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I I was going to get a finance degree because I wanted to be a uh, a leverage buyout person, buy and sell companies as an owner, right? And then I had two brother-in-laws that had gotten finance degrees and they said, don't do that. You get a finance degree. You can't get a job, get an accounting degree instead. Cause you learn the same stuff, but at least then you can get a job. Okay. Right. So I became responsible. I got my accounting degree. I got my CPA licenses. Right. And kind of went through that track, but, but again, so that's why when I left corporate, it's not a surprise that I kind of got pulled back into becoming an entrepreneur again because that's really what i always wanted to be okay yeah now you said you have a podcast what is your show about so i have i have two podcasts right now and i'm i'm getting ready to start a third one um with with somebody here shortly um but the the first one is called fire and earth podcast um it's one that i do with my friend dr kathy groover um where we just kind of talk about whatever whatever we want to talk about right so she's she's got a uh, you know, she's a hypnotherapist, uh, massage therapist. She's kind of got that, that sort of a background mm-hmm. and I've got the business background. So we can kind of talk about both things and how we kind of meld those things together. But really it's just about helping people to, to unlock the keys to their okay. potential is kind of the tagline we have with that podcast. Okay. Then I've got my own podcast, which is jamming with Jason and jamming with Jason Mefford. Uh, that one, we talk about a lot of different things, you know, personal development uh, in nature with a lot of music and other stuff thrown in there as well. So, like I said, you know, it's Christmas time. So a couple of weeks ago, it was, are you dreaming of a white Christmas? And I actually talked about the song White Christmas and how it's had such a huge uh, cultural impact on how we celebrate Christmas in this country. Right, that a lot of people don't know yeah, about. We just had a white Christmas by humbug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I'd say I'm in Southern California, so I'm like palm trees. Oh, bro. <laughs> well, and inter- interestingly enough, right, Irving Berlin, who wrote that song, he wrote it here in L.A. Oh. The first, the first verse that nobody ever sings uh, talks about orange and palm tree swaying, and he was he was homesick. He was away from his family. He, they were in New York. He was out here working okay. on a movie at the time. But yeah, so that song was actually written here in L.A. 
when he wished he was at home with his family in New York, which is interesting. Okay. Interesting, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff to that. Um, you know, last week, or I guess this this week's was about uh, um, uh, sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? All right, and about how the whole idea that especially this time of year, there's a lot of things that talk about bells. So what can we learn about bells? Because they're a musical instrument that we can use to help help us emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, but there's also a lot about bells in the fact that, you know, as we start to grow up, we lose the magic. We quit, we, we quit believing in Santa Claus. We quit believing that magic can happen. Right. And, and we get kind of indoctrinated into what we're doing. Um, so things like that, where there's always learnings and other stuff. Plus I have lots of different interviews with people who I think are, you know, some might be popular, some are not, but they're people who are <clears throat> doing things to change the world and okay. have courage to change themselves as well. Right. So kind of a message of hope as well for people who want to change their life. But look, you can do it because here's some of these other people that are doing it as well, right? And awesome. and the whole idea again, because I just I just want people to not have to live in fear and anxiety and and make people feel happier and give them hope and and feel the love and kind of you know, Mister Rogers is one of my heroes, right? So there you go, right there. <laughs> I, try, I, I know it's it's we're mirrored again on this one so you know a, a, i mean i i felt wonderful watching mr rogers when i was a little kid right and so i try to be kind of a mr rogers for adults in some ways too i got you with with a little george carlin and richard pryor thrown in there because <laughs> i have a potty mouth <laughs> and i like Too to have fun right but, but yeah, well, and see both of those guys, Pryor and Carlin too, right? They they were both very cutting edge. They would say things. Yeah. I mean, without those two guys, and and if you throw Lenny Bruce in there too, right? Those three guys, man, with without them, we would not have comedy the way we have it today. And all those guys got sent to jail, right, for obscenity yeah. laws and everything else, but but they were out there kind of telling the truth and telling it unvarnished. Um, and we have a lot, we have a lot to owe to all three of three of those guys that actually have passed on, right. For, for what we have today in our society and how we're able to actually have more freedom of speech today <clears throat> than they did back in the fifties. And 60s yeah, I definitely can say as a musician, I look back, like what ninety nine? Some people I dated. It wasn't cool that. Oh, you still watch cartoons? You still do this or that? Like, yeah, but you're adult. I'm like, and what me cartoons being a is a probably watching a cartoon to get my mind to be chill when there's so much hell and chaos on the planet. Yep. But you're yep. a runner. You should be focused on this. Like, see. You go ahead and do that. I'm going to be me because I can come up with a song idea from letting my mind relax and get away from all of the day-to-day grind of being a grown-up. And I think well, a lot of people have those issues still probably that take a minute and relax, laugh. Don't well, they do. Something. And 
They do. They do. And that's, that's what I hope I'm helping people do is, you know, we spend all of our time adulting and it's exhausting. And that's it's a freaking just, word, man. Like, really, that's right? what we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and and we, we gotta, we gotta play more. Right. And so that's kind of where I was trying to get to with some of the magic, right. Is, is it's like, think about how little kids play. Mm-hmm. Think about the awe and the wonder and the excitement and the fact that they still believe in magic. Right. And, and even if you look at, because here's a little analogy for you. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. again, I know, I know you're a religious man. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's little kids and you might know some, you, you might know people who have kids like this, but it's interesting that little kids, when they can start to talk, right. There's some kids, maybe they're two years old until about four years old that have imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. And they're talking to dead people, right? You know, maybe a grandparent or somebody else comes and they're like, oh, mommy, grandpa's here, right? And, but as adults, we're like, oh, little Johnny, little Susan, whatever, right? (laughs) No, they can still see, they can still sense, they're still connected, right? Mm -hmm. But then we teach them how to be an adult and we take away that magic from them. And that's the rest of our adult life of trying to get that magic back. Yeah. Good way to put it. So let's get the magic back. Right. You know, all the different ways. Yeah. A life with magic is a much better life in, in my book. Yeah. This summer we, me and my mom and for our birthday, we went to, uh, we stumbled across a magic show in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The funny part was the kids, because you had certain ones. They, I wouldn't be called on every time. Like they, they trying to spread it out. Yep. <laughs> well, and I, and I, because um, I have a lot of friends who are magicians. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm here in the LA area, so there's a lot of entertainers here. Magic Castle is here, and I know a lot of people that are are magicians, okay. illusionists, and um, and there is there's an awe and a wonder around magic right that that again like you were seeing those little kids like oh right but what if we could all have that same sense of wonder and awe and magic in life instead of oh man the alarm went off i had to get up i had to go to work i hate my job i hate the people (laughs) i have to go to I got a mortgage to pay oh my gosh my in-laws (laughs) <laughs> whatever else, all those idiots in traffic, right? And we ended yeah, up beating I've been there myself before I had to reset my mind. Yeah, because we That's ended up beating ourselves down, and you got to use things like cartoons or music. That's why I'm so big on music, too, right? I mean, it's like you want to shift your emotions, go listen to music, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that very, very quickly. There's a lot of scientific and psychological reasons why it happens. But man, just listen to some music and it'll totally change you <clears throat> and get you out of some of those feelings. And right? your perspective. Yeah, and your perspective totally changes. Like I had a coworker that recently was unfortunately murdered that no matter what type of day we were having coming in to work, he always had the mindset. You was able to get in your car, come to work, didn't have an accident, go make some money. Someone woke up blind. 
Someone woke up, couldn't move. Like, dang. Like, you're right. You got to change how you're looking at this thing. You blessed that you was able to get up. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, because, you know, I think some, somebody just put in the comments the self-care yeah. it is, right? And and it's also, it's, it's, um, it's how we choose to look at life, right? Because like, like you said, I mean, I like to quote one of the great philosophers, Gene Simmons from the band Kiss. Oh, yeah, my old brother loved him. I thought he was weirdo. Like, are you listening to this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but he said, you know, every every day above ground is a good day. Yeah. Every day above ground is a good day. So, you know, the, the more positive that we can see things, um, you know, and I, I just posted something on Facebook the other day, a meme that I saw, which I thought was great, right, is okay. <clears throat> this kind of goes back to our adulting. A lot of times it feels like we're carrying around these big rocks with us, too, that are weighing us down. Right. Mm -hmm. I got all my bills. I got to pay. I got my job. I got to go to. And it's like at the end of the day, set down your rocks and tomorrow use those rocks or those challenges as a way to step higher to where you yeah. want to be tomorrow. But you got to put down the rock. Right. You got to you got to put it down in order That's to true. do that. And so when you when you switch your mindset, when you. When you start looking at what you think are challenges as blessings, mm -hmm. right? Because that person that cuts you off in traffic, that's a blessing. They probably had no clue you were there. I mean, I've, I've done it before. I mean, sometimes in blind spots, I'm sure I've cut people off and, you know, apologize for that if I have. But every time somebody does that, it's an opportunity for you right? To choose how you're going to respond. Are okay. you going to be mad? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to go into those emotions? Are you going to drive yourself down? Are you going to flip them off? Are you going to yell at them? You know, try to make their day bad too? Or are you going to say, hmm, well, I guess they probably didn't see me and I send them love, right? Because that's how we grow. That's how we make the world a better place is if all of us Right. Or trying to love people and be grateful for everything that we have. I mean, that raises the collective consciousness of this world. That's right. true. We forget about those basic things. Well, and it's the basic things. Right. I mean, everybody wants to complain about all the negative shit that's going on. It's like, don't complain about it. Send those people love. Right. I mean, you know, be a bigger person and and you know, kind of radiate that light out, you know, like the Bible says, let your light so shine, you know, that others may see you. Right. So you just be happy, just be happy and, and help other people be happy, you know, compliment people when people are, are mean to you. Um, you know, cause you raising yeah. your own frequency and vibration and sharing the light will do it to the other people around you. Right. Because that's like Gandhi said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, that changes you. You be the change. Right. Mm -hmm. Be that different person. And by you being that different person, the people around you will either leave because they're like, Jeffrey, you're too much for me, man. I can't handle you now. Or the other people are going to be drawn to you. They're going to be giving you hugs and love and everything else. Right. And, and either way, we're all, we're all better off. We're better off for it. 
That's real. Tough. That's that's how change really happens, right? I agree with that. Well, we at the point to promote everything you got going on, kind sir. Let people know. Well, I got I got lots going on. I mean, again, I mean the main thing again for for most of the people here because, like I said, I do a lot of uh, you know technical training kind of stuff. I've got a whole training company on that, but you know, especially if there's people that are you know in your career and you're wondering what am I what am I doing, right? Because a lot of people, especially middle age, you know, you get there and it's like, man, how did I get to this point in my career? I'm not really happy, and where am I going to go next? Sometimes people don't know don't know where to go. Right. So, so I do offer, I, I call them kind of like coaching checkups. So it's almost okay. like, you know, like you go into the doctor, you know, you go into the doctor, you pay your $50, $100 copay, whatever thing mm -hmm. like that. And you doctor just checks you over. Right. Well, I kind of do that for people. And again, it's a, it's a cheaper thing. It's only a hundred, hundred bucks about of uh, half an hour. We'll just talk about where you're at, where you want to be, uh, try to figure out, give you give you a few things to kind of look at or go off and work on. And if you want to, then we can get into a more formal coaching kind of an arrangement, right? So, so I'm I'm here for that. Um, my podcast as well. So, like I said, I've got jamming with Jason. Um, I've got fire and earth, and you can get catch both of those. I know you've got the the ticker going at the bottom. So my website, jasonmefford.com. Um, there's links there. For pretty much all the stuff i got okay. probably 500 blog posts on there i've got between those two podcasts i've got about 550 episodes of all those um, links to my youtube channel is out there as well uh and then i'm i'm in the in the works right now there'll be probably a third third podcast coming out here in 23 okay. uh, that actually helps people um and talks more about spirituality from a professional perspective so as far as a lot of people that I work with are in professions, you know, audit, risk management, mm -hmm. lawyers, you know, um, doctors, engineers, people who are taught to be very technical. And a lot of times those people, we, we just rely on our analytical brain and we kind of throw everything else away. And it's like, if it's not analytical, if it's not scientifically proven, then I'm not going to believe it. But there's a lot of people in those professions mm -hmm. who are spiritual, who believe in a higher purpose, who who see okay. this life as, and realize, like we were talking about before, spidey, things like spidey senses, right? When you feel like you get a spidey sense, you know, of something you're supposed to do, that intuition, and, and there's not a lot of people talking about it or that it's okay for you to actually think that way and be yourself. And so a lot of times people uh, don't say anything, right? And so we're going to start talking more about kind of what it means to be spiritual um, in all the different ways and how it's, it's okay to be that way, right? I mean, we're, we're <laughs> spiritual or cosmic beings having a human experience. Yeah, and it's tough because I know I look at myself now at 44 compared to years ago. Not many people knew I did music. Mm -hmm. I was very personal. I don't want your opinion. You don't even know that side of me. You just know we hang out, we drink, we smoke, we go, we go party. But all that deep intellectual thinking, all that, like, I'm, I'm maybe one or two females knew. Like, she don't think I'm a sad. I gotta be tough. So, 
<laughs> like, no, you can't know either. No. I like Tupac. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I do too. I do too. <laughs> I say I listen to boys mean all the sappy stuff. Like, uh, she's gonna think you're a sucker. So well, but but the, over time becoming who you are and just like this way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and to let people know it's okay, right? Yeah. Because again, I mean you if you listen to some of my podcasts, I get a little emotional on some of them, right? And and I know especially as men, like you said, there's kind of this, we got to be this. Mm, yeah, we're a robot. We don't cry. We, we, don't, we, we don't cry. We don't do it. And no, no, you know what? We do. Yeah, and you're right. And what's interesting is, because um, I never realized this, but one of the one of the guys that I know, they kind of did a thing called um, vulnerability is sexy. And, and the first time that I heard him do it, I'm kind of like, come on, Corey, really? But I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. I did the exercise. We had a small, small group thing. I opened up. I was vulnerable. And I think there were, I don't know, maybe 10 of us in the group. And there were two, okay. two, two or three guys, the rest were women. And so I opened up. I actually got a little vulnerable. I, I probably got a little emotional, maybe, you know, teared up a little bit or whatever. And all the women in the group were like, do you know how sexy that was? And it's like, here I am, like a blubbering baby. And they're like, no, that is actually way more sexy than you realize. And so I think, you know, especially as men, um, and I've had some discussions with men like this, right, where a lot of times we're afraid to show those emotions because we think it makes us weak, but actually showing the emotions proves that you're strong because it takes a lot of strength to show the emotions, and I think we're starting to have more of those discussions now, you know, people like Brene Brown with vulnerability and a lot of the stuff that she's kind of been doing has, has made it more acceptable to kind of talk about the last five to 10 years. And I think there's a big movement now, especially for men to realize it's okay to talk about and do that as well. Right. Yeah. Guy it has to be balanced. There has to be balance in, in our lives. There's a guy I know, Carl Watkins. He he talks about a lot of vulnerability as well. Shout mm -hmm. out to him. Yep. Exactly. And then you have to, I guess, have some a nice way to say this. Mature women in the mind that's going to be comfortable with that because some you 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 got to be heat man, not to hurt you. Mm -hmm. You gonna hear oh, I'm with this simp right here. You gonna cry on everything like for real. Well, yeah, because like you said, there has to be, I mean, one thing about vulnerability is there's a concept called psychological safety, right? Psychological safety. You have to, you can only really be vulnerable in a psychologically safe space. So there have to be people that kind of create the container for you, right? And so like group coaching that I do and things like that, those are safe spaces where people can share, right? But yeah, you wouldn't, you know, like you said, if 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 you're a man and you're with a woman who thinks, you know, men have to be he-men, and if you show it, then you're a, a wimp or a, I'll throw it out there because I I was having this discussion with a with a woman, you know, where a lot of times we'll call guys pussies, right? As like as like a yeah, down, that's what's a down thing. And so I was talking about with this woman, she's like, "Do you know how tough pussies are?" And I'm like, "I know how tough pussies are. I mean, that is not a put down." Right. It's like vaginas are amazing things. Right. And and uh, it's not 
it shouldn't be a yeah be some way that to people right yeah is is it's actually being vulnerable is strength but a lot of a lot of people don't understand that and if they don't understand it then you don't share with them right you you share in the spaces where where it's comfortable where you're able to do that but the more people start starting believing it then those those you know people that you can share with and that you can be vulnerable with are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Cause more people are going to understand more mm-hmm. people are going to share more people are going to understand that it's okay. You know, and I gotcha. And this is a safe place. And the more we do that, I mean, we're loving, loving our fellow men and women. That's true. We do, we do that as well. Right. So we're showing love to them that just, you know, helps grow everything up too. And this is Christine R. Sims who's giving these great comments. I don't know why I say I'm LinkedIn user. <laughs> well, I know some, you know. Yeah, I know sometimes StreamYard because it does the same thing for me. Sometimes depending <laughs> on their privacy settings, it'll it won't show you who they are. But yeah, and COVID has started opening up the mental health it has. and wealth perspective of finding that balance, talking about these things where the world has went through a lot. And then if you're dealing with personal loss, family, friends passing or losing a job or whatever, that's a lot. And you can't keep it bottled in because you will flip out. Yeah. They were like, they just lost their mind at work because hell is going on in their home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to come out, hopefully productively somewhere. Did it come out? Yeah, and I know you know the the pandemic has it's it's made it hard. We have we have a uh, a mental health crisis in our country, especially yeah. in the U.S. <clears throat> and more people are starting to to admit it, to talk about it. We need to talk about it. But I think what it also did is, with so many of us kind of you know starting to work from home or kind of going back, it's also helped a lot of people kind of refocus on what's most important to them. True. And what they actually value and want. And so I think it, it has also helped, you know, kind of propel some people into doing maybe what they always wanted to do. Right. I mean, or, you know, I, I know a lot yeah. of people, they chose to retire a few years earlier than they were going to because they're like, you know what? It's not worth it all anymore. I'm tired of the fight. This kind of helped me put things in perspective and I'm going to go do this now instead where people completely switching careers and realizing, you know what, I'm a lawyer because my dad was a lawyer and my grandfather was a lawyer and I hate being a lawyer. Well, fine. Quit being a lawyer, right? Because if you hate it, right? Because this is the other thing. I mean, if you hate your job or you're spending so much time, you hate the people that you're working with, what ends up happening is you come home and you take it out on your dog or your cat or your kids or your partner. Right. Because you got to vent somewhere. And unfortunately, a lot of people then turn to drugs and alcohol or violence. Right. Instead of actually dealing with the underlying issue. Right. And sometimes it sometimes it's just self-management. A lot of times it's 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 self-management. And and part of that is, unfortunately, we don't teach people how to manage themselves. We teach people how to manage other people or control other people. But we yeah. don't usually teach people how to manage themselves. And so without that, we usually turn to these other things and then people end up getting hurt. 
right? In, in the process, broken, broken, you know, families, abuse, emotional, physical, whatever, right? And so if we can break that cycle, if we can help people, you know, address some of the mental or psychological issues that they're dealing with, if we can help people understand their bigger purpose here on this world, and it's not all about making money and getting a bunch of power, that's not the reason why we're here on this planet, then I think people will start to change and make some of those decisions that need to be made for all of us to have a much better place in this world. Yeah, and now they have the 988 number for mental health, you can call to get that help now mm -hmm. that we didn't have before. Um, what has been your biggest challenge on your journey? <laughs> My biggest challenge. I think it's probably the same as it is for a lot of people, but sometimes the change, right? Okay. <clears throat> we get, we get comfortable. We get comfortable doing what we've been doing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And change is uncomfortable. And so a lot of times sure. we're not willing to, you know, kind of do it, but we have to face the fear and push through it if we're going to get past it. If we don't, if we just have the fear, if we just sit back, then we're, we're never going to change. We're never going to grow. It's just Groundhog's Day over and over and over and over again, right? Sure. And so, you know, again, for me, there's been times and sometimes that changes. Look, I don't, I don't want to blow up my world. I kind of... My, you know, my, my life's pretty good. It's not amazing. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'd like it to be amazing, but I don't know that I want to do what I have to do to give up pretty good for amazing. Right. So there's a lot of people that are in that situation. I've been in that situation a lot of times in my life where I probably coasted along further than I wanted to knew that I needed to make some decisions, but I didn't want to have the the impact from choosing some of those things that are different. Right. Gotcha. So, so, so there's, there, there's some of that obviously that, that I've encountered at different points in my life. And it's just, it's just human nature, right. To be able to do that. And the other thing that kind of goes along with that is a lot of times, especially because of my professional, um, training as well, right? I'm always trying to manage risk and scenario plan and plan everything out in advance that sometimes I still find myself afraid of making a mistake. And so I'll, so I'll overthink things. I'll, I'll re replan everything. I'll try to, you know, come up with every different little thing that I can think of and, and, wait to make the decision until I feel it's the perfect decision. Right. And that's held me back a lot in my life too, where now I'm, I'm learning how to be better at, you just got to go and do something because clarity, clarity usually comes after the action. Right. It's like, so I'm doing more things now that I don't, I don't know how to do that, but I'm, I'm going to start doing it and I'm going to figure it out along the way right mm -hmm. um are some of the things like that that i that i've really kind of learned is you know live each day like it's your last if you will you know um 
figure it out as you go along, just show up and do something to serve somebody every day, help other people some way every day. And the more you do that, the more everything else is going to get clear in your life because none of us can predict the future. So we just got to do what we can and live in the present moment and the best that we can. And eventually things open up to us and we'll understand later. We'll understand later why certain things happen or have have gone kind of the way that they are, but you're not going to figure that out until you get through it. Okay. And what has been your impact on your journey? My impact? um, I hope I help give people hope, right? And, um, And help them realize that it's safe to be you. And it's safe to be you exactly the way that you are. Um, because, you know, like Mr. Rogers always used to say, and I tell this to people, I like you just the way you are. Right? I like you just the way you are. Jeffrey, you don't have to be any different, man. I like I like you and I love you for who you are as a person. I might not like some of the things you do, maybe, at certain points, right? But I like and love you for who you are. And so I hope that I, that I'm giving people hope of that. I hope that I'm helping people have the courage to do the things that they, that they need to do because change is always required. If you want something different, you got to change, right? Mm-hmm. And I know change is scary and it takes some courage to do, but you know, hopefully I'm helping people have that courage to do it. And showing them examples of people who've done it before, you know, things that I've done before. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. But, um, you know, to know that that there is that out there and that there's there's more to life than collecting a bunch of money and power. Um, And that that really when you when you live more aligned with who you are and realize why you're here on this earth. Um, a lot of the other stuff kind of falls away. Right. And, and so I hope again, that I'm, I'm helping people kind of understand that and take the bigger picture and realize, Hey, you know what? It's okay to be you. It's okay to be weird. I mean, I, I think in music lyrics and in, you know, phrases from movies, right. I mean, you'll, you'll say something and a song will pop in my head or lyrics, you know, I, I kind of think that way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little different, uh, in, in maybe the things that I like and things that I, I might say the way I look, you know, whatever that I, that I might do. And so I hope people understand it's okay to be who you are, right? If you cry when you get emotional, it's okay. Even if you're a guy, if you don't cry when you get emotional, that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no right or wrong. It's like, but, but what's your, what's your intention? You know, how are you, how are you feeling, you know, in, in what you're doing? And if your intention always is, you know, to help people and to do the best that you can, then great. And I honor you for doing whatever you feel like you need to do and the choices that you need to make. Right. And I, and I hope that I'm helping people as well, just to kind of understand that <clears throat> there's a lot of things in this world that are lies that are lies 
there's a lot of beings in this world who like to control other people. And yeah. the people who win the wars <clears throat> write the history. Right? That goes back to like the movie Braveheart, right? Those those who true. who win the battles, they're the ones who write the history. And so history history is never necessarily accurate and and there are like i said beings in this world who want people to stay in fear and anxiety and be controlled to be controlled um and i hope people can start to question some of that and to realize that some of the structures some of the things you've been the beliefs that have been indoctrinated in you are not real they're not real right and that what is real is sometimes more of the magical more of the science fiction and the fantasy and so i like to tell people you know science fiction is not science fiction it's science faction and okay. fantasy and fantasy is more real than reality I feel that. Yeah. So it's, um, and the fact that we can, we can create whatever we want, right? Cause, cause like we were talking a little bit before, um, how you choose to look on life is how is the life you will create. If you decide to get up every morning, grateful that you're alive, grateful that you can provide for your family, even if it's in a job you don't want to do, grateful that you can serve other people you can you know do whatever if you're if you're grateful and you're happy you're going to have a grateful and happy life if you wake up every day miserable complaining you're going to have a miserable and complaining life and everybody gets to choose what you want to do right and you know i know you want that i mean that's that's why you're doing shows like this right is, yeah, is, is trying to help other people and yeah. uh <clears throat> so anyway i feel that and last question what advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose so don't spend too much time trying to find your purpose people um waste a lot of time trying to find their exact purpose and they'll sit around, they'll think, they'll think, they'll think, they'll think, they'll think. And they're worried about making sure that it's the right purpose. Well, your purpose in life here is to grow and develop and help the people around you grow and develop in whatever way that is, right? And so instead of worrying so much about finding your purpose, just have purpose in everything you do. Have a good intention. Go out, you know, say hello to people when you're walking by. You know, offer help to people that looks like they need help. Um, just do something to make someone else's day better. And you'll make your day better in the meantime. And the more you do that and the more fun you have, and then like that little trick I kind of talked about earlier on, you want to know what your purpose is? Probably go back to what you were thinking you wanted to do what you were dreaming about in your life when you were between the ages of about 11 and 14, chances are, right, 
that's somewhere in there is where your purpose actually is. Because I don't know how many people, when I've kind of gone through an exercise like that or talked about it, they're like, man, I've always wanted to be an author. I just had a lady on my podcast, I kid you not. Okay. That she was talking about. She Well, it hasn't aired yet, but we recorded the session. But her whole life, she's wanted to be an author. And she was a little kid. She pulled out a journal. She showed me a journal as we were recording from when she was 10 years old. Wow. She said she wanted to be an author. And then Mm -hmm. life gets away, right? And she goes and does other stuff. And then, oh, I want to be an author again. Then life gets in the way. And so finally, she just said, fuck it, I'm doing it. She literally channeled a book through spirit, if you will. When she finally just gave into being what she always knew she should be. And when, when those kind of things happen, right, that's when the magic starts to come back in your life. You know, what is it that you find that you think is fun to do? We'll do more of that, right? Do something fun every day, laugh every day, act like a kid, play, do something, right? And the more you do that, the more you're going to actually find your purpose. Because your purpose is to be happy and to help other people be happy. Each of us is different in how we do it. You make beautiful music. I like to refer to music. And I play some music too, but, right, I mean, that's one way that I do that. Um, So, yeah. And don't worry that you're going to get it right because you ain't going to get it right. Life's a journey. Right. That's why we weave back and forth. But every decision you make gets you closer to the end of your life and figuring out, you know, at the end, at the end of the year, when I'm 100 and 120, I say I want to be 120 (laughs) and I turn around. Right. All those little dots that didn't make any sense to me are going to line up and they're going to make perfect sense. Because when I turn around now, I see a lot of those things that appeared to be random that are not random. So just do something and the plan will all work out for you. That's awesome advice, brother. And perspective. I hope so. That's what that's that's what I'm trying to do as well. Right? And again, those challenges, I'm seeing them as opportunities and a lot of times like I said when I turn around and I look back at those challenges, I now understand exactly why I had those and they were blessings. I didn't like them when I was going through them, <laughs> but they were blessings. Trust me. They were blessings. Awesome. Well, I want to thank the edutainer, Consigliere. Did I say it right? Exactly. <laughs> Media producer, founder of Medford Associates, Jason Medford, for that awesome perspective and journey. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I'm glad you know, this is an example too, right? Like you said, your spidey senses said, I don't know, I need to talk to that guy. I need to have him on. Thanks for listening to your spidey senses. Because when you reached out to me too, a lot of people reach out to me. Spidey senses on my side said, yep, you need to talk to this guy. So here we are. Yeah, great show. Well, happy new year to you. Hope you can be blessed going to new year and safe. Have a little fun. I'll Thank you. And you, you too. Appreciate you, brother. I'm going to play this outro, get the show together, and I'm going to send you a copy. All right. Thanks. Thank you.
窗。